to another episode of the Joy for Ministry podcast. I am so excited because today I get to interview my good friend, Lindsay White. Lindsay is just fun and she is open and she is honest. You are going to want to share this podcast with your friends. She has 20 years of ministry experience. So there is so much to learn from her, so much wisdom that she gives us. Check it out. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Joy. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to be doing this with you and reconnecting with you. Um, I know. It's it's so funny. I was thinking today about how sometimes you see the Lord bring things back full circle. So what was it like 19 years ago we met? We were children, basically. Children Children having children. Exactly. (laughs) And I was so new to ministry, so new. And I remember meeting you and being like, oh my gosh, this girl just says it like it is. (laughs) (laughs) Terrifying. (laughs) Awesome. So awesome. Terrifyingly awesome. Yeah. I still remember our first conversation, but I can't bring that up here. So (laughs) (laughs) better wise. That's wisdom joy. Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk about that later. Sounds good. So I have known you for 19 years and we've talked Mm -hmm. off and on, but seeing you, it's like just right where we left off. Absolutely. So I think, I think that's the coolest thing about friendships that, um, that come back around and that have had deep meaning at, at different seasons of life is that that can happen. Definitely. Each other talk for a long time and pick up the phone and it's like, no time has passed. And I don't know, I kind of feel like that's a little tiny example of eternity, you know? Yes. Um, so anyway, I love it. And it was such a, I look back at that time in my life and it was such a defining time for me Mm -hmm. really where my heart kicked off wanting to have a ministry for women in ministry. I remember going on a retreat. Um, I know this is like getting off topic, but remember we went on a retreat, a youth retreat, and we had that couple from New Mexico come and she spoke. I was running. So it was a youth retreat, you said? Yes. Okay. And this woman spoke, she was more seasoned in ministry. And I remember like latching on to her. And I think they were Brian's youth pastors or something. Like he knew okay. them somehow. Okay. Okay. And I remember latching on to her and saying, Can you talk to the pastor's wives? Like, help me. Yeah. And feeling like there was nothing out there. And I remember she did yes. this um meeting with us where she talked about the top 10 things she, you know, she wished she knew going into ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that time in my life where I, you know, first met you. It still has a big impact on me. Yeah. And some things never change, right? We're still seeking out the people who will tell us the truth. Yes. And (laughs) tell us how it is and, uh, and be honest about their life and their mistakes and their, their, you know, ups and downs so that we can learn from each other. Right. Um, And you had said this earlier about using our story. Like we all have a story for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and using our story to impact people's lives. Yeah. So, so it's tell a Bible us a little. Is. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. I just, I just think it's a, the, a continual example. You know, that's what the Bible is. It's stories of every, every single stories aside from Jesus is imperfect. Right. And I just, you know, I, I love how that, those are the stories that got chosen to last for all of time to set the example for us. 
And so I think if we question ever, like, are we supposed to be authentic? Mm. You know, I've heard a lot of people in ministry. I mean, even some of the retreats that you and I have had gone to back in the day, youth retreats, pastors retreats, right. There's really been a debate and I think there still is, you know, how authentic should a pastor be? How authentic should a pastor's wife be? Um, And that's, you know, that is a fine line, but I look at the Bible and I'm like, well, it's pretty authentic and, (laughs) and it has stood the test of time. And it's what we have as an example. And I just think it's supposed to kind of set right path for us that if we can do that for each other, there's hope in that. Yeah. And I think, you know, even before we jumped on, um, or hit the record button, we were talking about how, you know, I was so thankful to you for coming on, talking telling us about your story. Um, but I was saying that I feel like pastors, wives, women in ministry, whether you're a woman pastor or on staff at a church, whatever that looks like, we're afraid to tell our story or we're afraid mm-hmm. we say we're all authentic, but we only show a certain right. part of us. And, and what I love about this ministry is I'm trying to gather all women's voices. Cause I'm one voice and I know right. this small little, you know, piece, yeah. yep. um, gather women's voices and say, okay, let's tell our story. Mm-hmm. Like break down the silence, but women are afraid. Yeah. Well, I say step out of the fear and be fearless because, yes. you know, there's such joy in that. And, um, but le- again, like before you hit record, like we were saying that there is an element of integrity that has to go with that. Because if you have not lived your life in a way, not, uh, th- you know, perfection is never an issue. Like, Perfection to me never should even be on the table because it, it's impossible. Right. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about authenticity and character mm. and integrity. And, you know, as human beings, as believers, all of us are called to be authentic. Right. All of us are called to live with integrity. Um, it, it's not easy to find so much anymore. Um, right. That you know, in people, but I think part of the reason we're called to that aside, just from the fact that it's, it should be like, um, part of, (laughs) part of salvation, um, is that, you know, when we live that way, then we can be honest. We don't have to walk around remembering what things we're supposed to hide from what people, right. What I've told you versus what I've told somebody else. And now I can't be authentic with either of you because I can't remember what I told you. Like, and that's just a simple example of, you know, something that gets much deeper and uglier, but if we can live open-handed and with integrity and character of heart, then we have the privilege of being transparent. Right. That's so good. um, And I just, it's a joy to be transparent because people have been transparent with me at different seasons Mm. of my life that literally has that has thrown me a lifeline. Um, and so I have tried to do that with other people and it, how Mm -hmm. awesome it is to see at different times when you can see that it makes a difference in somebody's life and fulfills a purpose in your own life Right. just by being transparent, Right. (laughs) like like nothing special just by being open and honest, you know, because I think what you're doing is when you're being transparent and you're being open and honest, you're breaking these walls of isolation. Mm-hmm. So women are hiding in the, this isolation because you are afraid nobody else feels this way. Right. You're afraid you're alone. You're afraid you're going to get judged. 
So right. we all come out, like you said, people being transparent with you changed your life, gave you a lifeline. Mm -hmm. I think that's really what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, and what I know yeah. you're trying to do, you have shared your story because, you know, people have done that for you and helped you. And now you want right. to help other people. Absolutely. So the silence keeps us afraid. Yeah. Keeps us alone. Right. And that's a terrible way to live in ministry. It is. And it's Satan's playground in our minds. Exactly. It really is. Um, he has a heyday there. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we are meant to be the body of Christ for a reason, for many right. reasons, but that is one of them. I love that. So, yeah. Okay. So, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, first, I just want to hear a little bit about yourself. Just tell us a little bit about you. See, I know about you, but you have to tell our listeners. Yeah. Well, I currently um, am in ministry with my husband. He's been a pastor for well, he's been in ministry for 24 years or so. We've been at this current church for 20 years, uh, 10 years as the youth pastors for 10 years. Now he's been the lead pastor. Um, but before that, and I think it's a very important foundational piece. Um, I grew up in a pastor's home all of my life. I mean, my, you know, when I was an infant, my dad was attending Bible school. Mm. Um, so my whole life, um, I have been a pastor's kid. And I think that the most important thing I can say about that, a couple things. First, I have two younger brothers um, and all of us are serving the Lord. Um, not just serving the Lord, but like passionately loving Jesus. One of my other brothers is also in ministry with us, he and his wife and their kids. Um, which to me, you know, if, if, if I look at my parents' life and I kind of measure out all of the experiences they've had, they had started a church and then after that, they were there 15 years. And then after that, took two churches that were dying and revitalized them. Mm. Um, so their gift really is like bringing life, you know, bringing health back and to something that most people would have given up on. Wow. Um, but I, I look at them and to me, the greatest success of their marriage, faith ministry is that their three children are loving Jesus. That's amazing. And um, so I want to say that first of all, I, I just, that's a whole different, I could talk about that probably for, you know, a week and a half and more. Good. So we're going to have you back then. <laughs> <laughs> because this idea of raising kids that stay in the faith, Ugh. I am passionate about. Because in my own life growing up, I saw it not happening. And now as a mom, my children, our children are 18. Ella is 18. She is a wow. freshman in college, serving the Lord in a Christian Bible college. Noah is 15. He's a freshman in high school. And then our baby, Annie, is eight in third grade. So we <laughs> took a long time having kids. Yes. Um, and, you know, if, if my children do not spend eternity with me, mm. um, I, don't, I don't think I'll look around heaven. And, you know, and this is just speculation who knows i don't know how spiritual this sounds but i don't know that i would be able to look around heaven and just be satisfied with mm. all of the other accomplishments i've had wow i've never so, thought of that 
I, you know, and I know there are so many varied stories. There's no perfect way to do it. There are, we, you know, there, we suffer sometimes watching our children walk away when we have done it all right. You know, so this is not, that is not a judgment statement. That is just a statement of passion, especially for men and women who are pastors, right? That we don't ever sacrifice our children on the altar of ministry Mm. because they're too precious and they have so much in them to multiply, to use for the kingdom of God and whatever way he wants to use them. Right. For us to sacrifice them for our own success or our own platform or the numbers in our church or whatever it might be that we feel like we can sacrifice them for. Right. Um, And I just saw my parents do it really well. Never perfect, obviously. Again, nobody's perfect. This is not about perfection, but you know, the, the biggest takeaway from them that we have just adapted in our own home is that they were the absolute same people. In our home, behind closed doors, as they were on the biggest platform that that they had over the years, there was no difference wow. in who they were, and that is not something that is common. Um, that was not common in the '80s when I was being raised, and that is especially not common today. Right. You know, um, we knew that my parents loved ministry. Our home was a revolving door. We had people, we had people live with us at times. Like it was just this place of ministry, just as much as the church was. Um, but we knew that we were the first priority. Mm. And so it was okay if a day off turned into a work day because there was an emergency or life happens or ministry happens. Um, because we knew at the core of, of everything that, that their priorities were right. And that gave us stability Mm, and security. And, um, you know, so we have really tried my husband and I to really, um, do ministry that way. Right. So that our children, Lord willing, will love, serve Jesus in whatever way he wants them to. Right. Um, I love that because now as my kids are getting older, honestly, it wasn't something I necessarily thought so much about as they were younger, mm-hmm. but as they're getting older, I think about it all the time. Yeah. And it's something that grips me with fear is, are my kids not going to walk the Lord either because of something I've done, or are they going to walk away from the Lord because of the church hurt we've been through? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I told you this, I would love to have your mom on Yes, absolutely. <laughs> just because, you know, it, yes, it grips fear in me. Yes. My kids not, yeah, not walking with the Lord and, and being hurt by church and walking away. Sure. Sure. I think it does for all of us, you know, and I, life happens and hurt happens and I, you know, um, and our kids become individuals, you know, right when they're little, they're, they're little and we're pretty much their everything, you know, whatever, but as they get older, they become individuals. And so, you know, I just think the relationship that we have formed with them over the years is vital because then even if they are questioning, even if they do step away, that relationship is there for them to know that they're unconditionally, conditionally loved, know that the home 
that home is always a place that they will have someone, <laughs> you know, right. um, and by the grace of God, you know, all the things that have been instilled, they will come back. Um, right. So, you know, it's whew, tricky, right? This is, wouldn't it be nice that handbook would be so nice. Where's the handbook? <laughs> Whoever makes this handbook is going to be rich. That's what I'm saying. Let's do it, Joy. Let's do it. We'll make them in. We need your mom. <laughs> yes, your mom, a couple other moms, and we're good. Yes, yes, absolutely. And again, all of that, you know, none of those, that's, that's a very large overview without having gone into certainly, you know, individual struggles that we had as, as kids or different things, you know, because life is not without those things by any means. But, of course, yeah. you know, that relationship is huge and yeah. the grace of God for sure. Oh, yes. So, yeah. So you have been a pastor's wife for how long? 20 years. Wow. Which is crazy. I cannot believe that number just came out of my mouth. <laughs> no, I feel like I just saw you at minister school for the first time. I know, it's like a right? Blank. I know it is a blank. 20 years. Yep. Youth pastor for 10, lead pastor's wife for 10. So lead pastor's wife for 10, youth pastor's wife for 10. Mm -hmm. Um, so I know that you grew up, you, you said you grew up a pastor's kid. Yep. So when you got married and went into ministry, did you feel like you were prepared to step into that role? Well, um, youth pastor, you know, being a youth pastor's wife, I, I think I was too young to even think about that. We got married, didn't, didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> we got married and then we're like, oh, we're married now. Well, I guess we should have jobs and maybe a place to live. We didn't plan anything. Um, so, you know, I, becoming youth past, you know, youth pastors, we were young and it was a lot of fun. You know, we, yeah. uh, the church was in a lot of turmoil at the time. My dad was the pastor. They needed a youth pastor. We happened to be there and, and he kind of tricked us into it. He said, Hey, listen, the kids need, you know, someone to take them to camp and do some fun things. Um, you can, you guys were unemployed. Brian, you were a youth pastor before you got married. Do you have any interest? Would you do this for the summer? We said, sure, we'll do this for the summer. Well, summer came and later. we fell in love with the kids and 20 years later, here we are. So, wow. you know, at that point I was too young, but um, to think about being worried about anything, but stepping into the lead pastor's wife was tricky. Um, it was my parents that had been the pastor. So, you know, and in my mind, they're like, the epitome of the best pastors in the world. And the thought of stepping into those shoes was utterly terrifying. Mm. We, uh, we almost said no and left and started a church because that, well, that was always been in our heart to do, but at that point it was kind of like, you know what, that would be a lot easier. <laughs> I think I think planting a church would be easier than stepping into these larger than life shoes, trying mm. to fill them, hearing how we're falling short. Um, but that was not what God had for us. He had us to stay and grow and learn. But during that particular time, um, there were so many changes going on. My parents had left the church. They were moving to take another church. Um, I, I had some physical stuff that we were trying to figure out. Um, I'd pulled my daughter, my 
very strong-willed child out of kindergarten was trying to homeschool her, which lasted a month. And then I sent her back. Wow. Um, there, and, and Brian was stepping into this role that was terrifying. Right. And I just found myself um, crying a lot. Hmm. And then that began to roll into like having no appetite, um, losing weight, wanting to sleep all the time. Um, tons of weird symptoms that started and I, I was baffled. We were wow. baffled and, uh, come to find out I was, I was extremely, probably clinically depressed. Wow. Um, and that rolled into anxiety. So I had, you know, those two, I love to call them the evil stepsisters, depression mm. and anxiety. Um, so, you know, he became lead pastor and I became the depressed pastor's wife. Wow. <laughs> and it's trying to raise small right, children. Right it, at yes. that time. Yes, it was awful. It was awful. So we're going to touch more on that and kind of dig into that a little later. Yep. yep. Um, but you go in this transition and of course, obviously it's extremely difficult. You're going through these things. Did you feel like you could have been prepared for this or there was something you could have done to prepare for this role or you think this is just um, something that you didn't see coming? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel like it is like having a child, your first baby or sending your first kid off to college, which we just did. I, I don't know that there is any way to really prepare. I think you can book prepare for it um, but until you're in the shoes, right. There's just no way, there's no way to, to prepare for what that will feel like. And, um, some of the, you know, the, the trials that you'll have and the emotions that you'll have with it and the awesome things about it too. You know, there's, I don't, I don't think there is any way. Um, right. I had been raised in a pastor's home. We had been in ministry for 10 years already, and it's still, was a, a little bit of a shock to the system right. stepping into that role. And a lot of it I put on myself, you know, a lot of it, um, I looked at this role and these shoes we were about to fill thinking I can't, like I can remember walking in on a Sunday and I don't know what I thought I was supposed to do, but <laughs> I would walk in and I would look around at all the people. And I can remember thinking, I can't help all these people. Wow. I, I, I mean, I must have forgotten that really they were there for Jesus and that he can help them because I was thinking I needed to help them all. Right. Um, and it was terrifying, you know, right. so just things like that, that nobody put that on me. Right. I put that on myself. Um, but no joy, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think too, when you go through a role change like that, especially youth pastor, like there is a senior pastor there. There is a senior pastor, mm -hmm. yes. there's wife, yes. there's people over you. And when you transition to a role like that, where there's nobody over you to help you through it, or, mm -hmm. you know, now you guys were the ones that answered to people. I think, sure. you know, that, that is a huge shift that you don't see coming. Right. Right. Yeah. Brian would just say, you know, like the buck stops with us now. I mean, it's just like, um, and, and we've had those situations in, 10, almost 11 years now where things have happened or, you know, there's been turnover in staff or different things. And the reality is that's, that is especially when you feel it. 
because a mature leader um, knows that you can't really just you uh, on this end of it when things are done you know with it with integrity of heart there's still going to be misconceptions <laughs> like right. times and and you know and you feel the brunt of that you really do and it can be very hurtful at times and extremely stressful um and those are the things that really you know right. nobody nobody can prepare you for them right nobody. so looking back we're gonna put the um depression and anxiety aside mm. um, because I really want to dig into that a little bit later. Um, but looking back over your 20 years in ministry, what's something that stands out to you that you say something you've had a continual struggle with or something that you hear from other pastor's wife that is a constant struggle? Um, you know, I think I think the friend thing can be a struggle for people. Do you, do you make friends? Are you allowed to make friends? How honest do you be with friends? You know, all that kind of thing. Like a lot of typical woman stuff. Um, you know, again, I, I was really given the gift and I, and I say this with such gratitude, um, of transparency. I watched my parents do ministry completely transparent. And that, you know, I, I think, I feel like I've seen a lot of women struggle with that. Like we were talking about, right. Um, can I really be myself? Can I really let people see who I am? And can I, and you know, that is a heavy weight mm. to carry around. Right. And of course we need to be wise we cannot go around sharing every little right. detail of every little disappointment. That would be unwise. But, um, you know, to not have to go around holding up this uh, mask of who we are mm. really gives a lot of joy and freedom, I think, in ministry. Now, it, it opens you up, for sure, to, to hurt anytime right. you're vulnerable. You have to understand that there are going to be times it's going to come back around and slap you in the face. Right. And, um, and it's going to hurt really bad. Yes. <laughs> um, but that's a risk that you take. And I think it's worth it. Yeah. I do. Cause the um, reward is so much greater. It is. It just is, you know, um, I think f figuring out what my role is has been something that's been ever evolving. Um, you know, you start out as a pa as a youth pastor's wife and at first we had no kids. So we were all in together all the time. And then Ella came along. And so my role changed because now I'm a mom, right. but Brian's role didn't change so much because we're still young and he's still out playing video games with the guys <laughs> and I'm home with the baby. And you know, that was a struggle. That was a season yeah. of deep struggle, um, for me and in our marriage. Um, and then at different times, you know, just what is my role? Even right. stepping into the lead pastor's wife, I can look around and see, you know, a thousand examples of what other pastor's wives are doing, but what is my role? Right. Um, and that will be different for everybody, but that has certainly at times been a struggle for me. Mm. Um, and I've just kind of learned that it's going to change. Right. But I'm talking for me. I know that there are so many, every, every pastor's wife, is going to answer that question differently right. based on the size of the church, based on a hundred different things, you know? Um, but for me, it's been, it, it's been seasonal. 
You know, right. our kids are very spread out. So just about the time that Ella and Noah were becoming independent and in, in school full day, and I had a lot more freedom, I was pregnant again. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I had just entered into a different season for me of ministry and ended up back at square one right. with an infant. And I had to mourn that and I had to adjust that and I had to be patient with that. Yeah. Um, so that's been a big deal. Like what yeah. is my role supposed to be? Is there a supposed to be? Right. How and like I you said, my gifts, you know, do I want to use my gifts? <laughs> some right. days I want to show my face and some days I don't, you know? And like you so. said, every role, there's so many different roles. There's so many mm-hmm. different seasons of life. And yes. so it looks different for different people. Yeah. Yes. And, um, I know, you know, even talking about just early when you had Ella and, you know, Brian is out with the youth, it's like, Mm -hmm. you, you want to do a good job. You want to impact lives. You want your husband to, but you're still living your own life. Yeah. Trying to navigate that. And it's really hard. It's a hard totally covered in spit up. I I smell like a poopy diaper. I mean, like that was my life. And you know, that was a huge, I mean, we were in that season together, you and I, Yes. um, and that is a very, very big shift. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so I would say that's probably, probably been one of the biggest things is just, um, you know, now being a little bit older, um, understanding that that is life. Life is seasons. Life is change constant. And, uh, so, you know, I'm either going to constantly be paddling upstream, trying to keep things the same, or I'm going to jump in that blow up tube and, you know, take the different, you know, rapids or the calm water, <laughs> the right. deep water or the shallow water, whatever it is. And, um, know that my personal relationship with the Lord will sustain me through all of those. And he will give me the wisdom through all of those. And, uh, some of them will be joyful and some of them will be really painful. Yeah. Um, but if I'm prepared for that and okay with that, then okay. Yeah. A good season, enjoy it because it will pass. It won't last a bad season. Hang in there because it will pass. It won't last. I mean, like that's life, you know, that's so good. I love that you say that because it's so true. We get caught in these, like, this is my life forever Mm -hmm. in the bad times. So that's so encouraging. If you could go back and tell yourself three things when you were a new pastor's wife, what would they be? Hmm. I, you know, one thing that I would definitely tell myself is to know what the most important things are and work really hard to get them right. That's a huge one. And that could almost be all three of them because, um, you know, I think I would tell myself what I just talked about, like, hang in there. Yeah because life is seasonal and it's always going to be changing. And, um, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we do that, we become much more important in our own minds than we really are. Um, so you know, true. I, I just honestly, Joy, you know, I love your name. Annie's middle name is Joy. Aww. And you know, it's, it's such a beautiful word. Um, 
because we do take ourselves too seriously. And why? Why? It's so much more fun to laugh, you know? Um, I would say learn to laugh at yourself, Lindsay. Like, you know, just learn to laugh at yourself because life will be a lot more enjoyable if you can do that. (laughs) Brian and I have learned that we... We really have our, you know, in our marriage and man, we just, we love to laugh together. And we've had some really hard seasons where there was not much laughter. And um, so it's all the sweeter, you know, when you've worked through those things, but, but definitely to, to know what the most important things are and really focus on them. And to me, those things are my relationship with the Lord. And again, that is seasonal. When you're bouncing an infant on your shoulder around the clock, um, it's going to be hard to find two hours a day to sit and pray <laughs> and meditate right. on the word of God. Definitely. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, maybe every, you know, once a month you'll get 10 minutes. Like, I don't know. So your prayer life at that point is just basically talking to the Lord. Yeah. As and much, again, knowing you know, it's seasonal, knowing, knowing it's not forever. Seasonal. Absolutely. That's going to be like my new thing that I start saying, because that's so good. Jason always tells me all the time. He's like, today is not forever. Mm-hmm. And so even just you saying, I think that's so wise, like life is seasonal things, you know, yeah. come and go. And we tend to, um, get wrapped up in these things. Like this is, this is the Ever. rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Yep. Yep. So just, you know, laughter is great. Forgiveness. I I would tell myself, Lindsay, you're going to have to forgive a lot. And you're going to have to ask for forgiveness a lot. (laughs) So get good at both of them. (laughs) And I love saying, will you forgive me? And practice saying, I forgive you. And so good to be able to do that. Um, man, it keeps you out of the clutches and the ugliness of bitterness. Yes. And again, I'm not saying it's easy. Yeah. I'm kind of saying it lightly. It's not, but it's worth it. It is. <laughs> you get you have to good fight for at it. those things. You do. Yeah. You have to fight but for it. But I love it. like your things tie together and they tie together so beautifully because, you know, saying things like that you would focus on the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Remember what's the most important thing, you know, not taking everything so seriously and being able to laugh and being able to forgive when you are doing those things, it's easier to not take yourself so seriously when right. you're remembering what's the most important thing. It's right, easier right. to forgive when you're focusing on what's the most important thing. So those right. tie together so beautifully um, to set you free from things and to be able yeah. to walk in forgiveness and, yeah. and joy. Yeah. And freedom is a huge thing. I mean, we, you know, we talk to our church. I talk to our church and women and whoever I can about my, my children, you know, about freedom. I just, it's another thing. I think raising godly children that stay in the faith and being followers of Christ that walk in freedom are two probably of the the deepest passions that burn in my heart because I see um, so much of the opposite of both of those things. And it is 
you know, one of the saddest things to me to see people who follow Christ that I know are, I know they love Jesus. I know they will, you know, um, be in heaven and, and, you know, be in, in, with Jesus forever. Like I believe that with all my heart and yet, um, there are just things in their lives and maybe choices that they've made or things they've choices they should have made that they didn't that um that keep them bound right and i that's just sad that's really sad to me you know um because jesus came to give us life abundantly not always easy like it being, 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 living a life of freedom doesn't mean living a life of ease. Like they're not the same thing. No. Um, I think we, I think we think that they are. And so we get really discouraged, but they're not right. You can live a life where your heart is set free and have a really hard life, you know? Um, so they're not, they're not the same thing, but it's so worth doing the hard heart work right. to live a life of freedom in Christ. Yes. And you know, it's funny because I was listening, um, actually our friend, Amy James, she Mm -hmm. had told me about a book, um, called dangerous calling by Paul David Tripp. And I was listening to some of it. Yeah. I was listening to some of it today and he says on there, ministry is a battle. Like he calls it out. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think going into ministry, it's going to be beautiful. It's Mm going to be so rewarding. It's going to (laughs) be magical. And there are unicorns and rainbows, rainbows, (laughs) candy corn. Like it's, you know, (laughs) and you see glimpses of that, of course. Uh, Yeah, sure. He, he puts it ministry as battle and you have to fight. Yeah. And so like what you're saying is, you know, you have to fight for freedom. Yeah. You have to fight for these things. And so I think we're some, some of the major struggle in ministry is people go in thinking it shouldn't be this hard. Right. I shouldn't struggle this much. Right. And of course it's painful and hurt. Trust me. I know I've been through it. I yeah. see the hurt. Um, but it's a battle. Sure. It is. Jesus whole ministry was a battle. Yeah. Every single day, you know, and I think a lot of the problem um, is that in our American church, I, I don't sometimes, Joy, I'm not even kidding you. I, I listen to, to people or to teachings or hear, you know, and I think, are we reading the same Bible? Because um, the Bible that I open up shows from cover to cover, struggle, right? Deep struggle, um, including Jesus, yeah. <laughs> including him. Um, and so I don't really know where you know this epidemic of the celebrity pastor, or where this epidemic of ministry should be easy, or right. our life should be easy, or even as just a believer in Christ that following Christ should be easy. It's getting harder and harder every single day. Um, and we're so disappointed in that, but I don't, I don't know why, you know, I don't know why, because we have never been promised that anything would be easy. Right. Um, we have been spoiled in this country, you know, right. 
Um, but things are changing very quickly. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and if we do not have, and I'm not talking even as pastors, I'm stepping aside from that role. I'm talking about just as individual believers in Christ. If we do not have roots that are, you know, honestly, I don't even care how shallow your root is right now, as long as it's growing down. Right. <laughs> like, so I won't even say deep roots, deep roots. Sure. That is the ultimate goal. But as long as your roots are growing in the right direction, which is down deeper and deeper and deeper into the truth of who Jesus is and relationship with him. Um, you know, unless you have that, I don't know that I don't, I don't know that your faith will make it. Yeah. Um, so this idea of ease Right. Sure. I wish it was all easy. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, if I look at the, the Bible and I look at the examples that, that God left for us in the Bible and expect that for all of them, it was difficult, but for me, it should be very easy. I think I'm fooling myself. Yeah. And, and we're missing it. We're yeah. missing, Yeah. you know, life. Right. Because we're thinking this should be easy. We should, this should be, you know, different. This should and like you said, it's, it's not the point, you no, know, of what we're point. doing. Yep. It's not the point. So, so anyway, I want to dig back into what I love about, we were talking before I hit the record button and I was saying how it was so great that when we connected last week, you were like, ask me anything. And that's how I remember you through our whole relationship, anytime from the beginning to when I, you know, we would connect later on, you're always ask me anything. I'll talk about anything. And I love that because you are so willing to share your story in hopes that it helps somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to talk a little bit more about your struggles mm -hmm. with anxiety and depression. And yeah. you've been so open about that. Um, can you talk about what it was like to walk through that? Maybe sure, from yeah. like when you didn't know what it was, you know, to, to realizing what you were walking through mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then even just the element of being a pastor's wife and being in ministry. Yeah. Thank you for listening today. Please come back next week where we continue our discussion. Lindsay talks about her struggles with anxiety and depression as a pastor's wife. She has such a heart to minister to other women who are walking through this. It is such an important conversation. Make sure you share it with your friends, with anybody you think might need to hear it. We're going to have some great resources next week that we're going to share in our show notes. So please make sure you tune in. Also, if you need prayer, please check out our website, joyforministry.com. You can email joyforministry at gmail.com. You can also rate us, subscribe, share us with your friends, and we would love to hear back from you. Anything that you want discussed or you feel like is an important topic, we would love to hear. If you need prayer, we have such a committed, amazing team of women who love to pray and lift you up. So please make sure you let us know. We would love to walk alongside you. See you next week.